0: Hello and welcome to the African Tech Roundup. This is where we round up the week's most important tech, digital, and innovation news from across the African continent. My name is Andy Lemassu, and this is episode number 101. Now, we're still in celebration mode for crossing 100 weekly podcasts in a row. And last week, we published a great panel discussion that we taped at the African Tech Roundup Live State of the Startup event. We hosted at Alpha Code in Santon a couple of weeks ago. And as promised, this week, we'll be sharing more awesomeness from that event. It's a fireside chat with a pretty stand-up dude who has loads of insights to share on starting up in Africa, as well as navigating corporate Africa at the highest level. So you don't want to miss my chat with the one and only Musa Kalenga. But before we get to that... This episode of the African Tech Roundup is brought to you by Europe's preeminent African Tech event, the Afrobytes Tech Conference that's going down in Paris on June the 8th and 9th, 2017. Now, we're really honored to be one of their partners this year and I'll be speaking alongside a killer list of individuals like Rebecca Enonchong of Appstech, Chris Voyallen of Mall of Africa, Marshall Wolf of Lifty Inc., Defo Mohapi of iAfrican, Ashley Lewis of the Ongeza Fund, Chidi Okpala of Atlas Morrow. Dari Okuju of MFS Africa. And so many more. Now, this event will be hosted at Medef, which is the largest entrepreneur network in France. Uh, They represent over 750,000 companies of every size across industry, commerce, and services in France. Now, it's really quite an honor to have not only their support, but to be hosting the event in their posse. Now, what you need to do is head to afrobytes.com. That's afrobytes.com to check out the full speaker list. And while you're there, check out the promo video that will give you an even better sense of what you can expect from the event. And most importantly, don't leave without booking your seat to be at the event. You'll find it all at afrobites.com. We can't wait to see you in Paris. And now it's on to yet another special edition of the African Tech Roundup uh, featuring... Uh, Part of a fireside chat I had with Musa Kalenga. Now, we landed Musa in place of Olivier Laucher, the founder and CEO of Trace, who was initially scheduled to have a sit-down with me. But Olivier, of course, couldn't make it to the state of the startup event due to hashtag first world problems. Uh, He was delayed in the U.S. thanks to bad weather, but in his place... We got the talented digital specialist, marketing maven, author, former client partner at Facebook Africa, and current head of brand at IAB South Africa, as well as founder and CEO of a brand new ad tech startup called Microtizing, Musa Kalenga. So without any further ado, here's how that conversation went down. <laughs> so Musa, really, uh, our Five Chats are really an extension of the African Tech Conversation series that we host uh, online. You can find them on iTunes, anywhere good podcasts. Uh, Published, wherever you're finding your podcast, you'll find African Tech Conversations. It's a great series. We only profile the best. You were on the list for the next season. You know this. <laughs> Thank so, you. So that. yeah, don't mess around. Mm. So he was, on the, he was on the bill for the next season. He wasn't going to be interviewed live, but here he is now. And what we do in that, in that series is really we ask questions that dudes in his position never get asked. So now, uh, among the things I did not list is he's the former head of digital marketing at Ned Bank. You know, so before that, um, you, you founded a, a company called Monate Fellas. I mean, you guys turned over serious millions yeah. um, in your own startup. Yeah. And now it's startup 2.0. You see, you're not alone. Where's our homie, where's our homie uh, Daniel Rubenstein? You see, you're not alone. You're, you're like entrepreneur 2.0 as well with some failures along the way, right? And we're here to talk about it all. Yeah. And I want you to give me the first word that comes to mind to describe how you feel only a few months after leaving what's arguably the greatest startup of our generation by many, regarded by many, and that's Facebook. You've just left what many people consider the coolest gig you could have in, in, in Africa's tech ecosystem. At, at, how One word to describe what it feels to be just a month away from that.
1: Amazing. Why? That's surprising. Yeah, no, It's I had a fantastic... Tenure at Facebook, which was great, and in fact, the, the moment of truth for me was, we were invited to um to a conference last year for for Black leaders within the Facebook uh, business, um and we all en- ended up going to Menlo Park, which is our, our head office, and in the room there was about you know three hundred odd Black people people who identified with being Black, and it was about Black leadership, and um the moment of truth for me was that the nature of the conversation we're having was pretty much about maintaining your position in Facebook and growing in the ladder, right? And I sat there and I thought, well, you know, if you arguably have the smartest people in, in, in the world in this room um, and the conversation you're having is about maintaining your own status quo. There's something wrong with the conversation. Um, and if I'm going to continue to stay in the conversation, I'm also contributing to whatever's wrong. Um, in my mind, the conversation should be along the lines of, how do we create a bigger ecosystem for other people that are black or identify with being black? Um, and what is it that we do as a business to be able to bring them into the ecosystem that's already been built by Facebook? So that was a personal challenge to myself. And as I said, coming from very entrepreneurial background, I realized that um, I was either going to be part of the problem or part of the solution. Um, is
0: Facebook the kind of place where you can express that kind of thing? Like, ah, I don't really like
1: it is. what I'm hearing
0: in this meeting. Yes, it yeah. absolutely is.
1: Yeah. Um, the, the The reality is that that particular conference was the first of its kind, so these things will take time. So over time it will get better, and over you know, a period we might address those issues. But as you know, down, down in Africa we don't have time. We don't have the, you know, the, the luxury of being able to sit and you know, think about what to do next. So for me it is a, it is a very personal decision to say, well, you know, how am I going to participate in some of the things which I think are important for our not only economic transformation, but for to change the lives of African people. So I know Musa so long. I know him
0: when he had cornrows in his head. <laughs> I'm serious, this guy used to dance hip-hop. Okay, and, and here's confession. I modeled much of what I've done career-wise in terms of what this guy... He's my age mate, but he feels like a mentor as well. And I very rarely admit that on this show because I'd like to hold my... You know, I like to be in charge. But uh, (laughs) I like to know what I'm doing. So, um, you know, there's a story I want to take you back to the Modern Fellas days, which is the startup, really, that helped me start to define, hey, you can start your own thing and actually really make money. Because at the time, really, my notion of being an independent producer or a freelancer was really just finding new and better ways to sell my time. And you redefined that for me. By going, actually, you can build business around this thing. And yeah. So I'm going to take you back to a, 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 a story that you told me. I'm not going to mention names, but it was quite pivotal in, in your journey in that company. Yeah. You had this incredible contract around the 2010 World Cup, yeah. and you got this massive contract to service a really big name-listed financial group mm-hmm. with, with a lot of uh, interesting services. Yes, It was a multi-million dollar, multi-million rand deal, Correct, and they didn't pay you. Correct. You sued them and then <laughs> oh, realized that to... your lawyers were their lawyers. Correct. <laughs> Only they didn't disclose it until you were, what, three months into the lawsuit. Correct. Okay. Really yeah. reputable name that has its, you know, one of the bigger buildings here in Santa. Yeah. So I want yeah. you to draw a line from that situation and, and try, I'm going to use that as a as a, an anchor mm. for you sort of describing your mindset as a startup founder. Yeah. Then tr- trudging through sort of entrepreneurship through these big firms, yeah,
1: to being an entrepreneur once again, yeah, sure. There's actually been so much that's happened since the. I mean, you're taking me back to a place. Yeah, that Doug, is... He
0: did not know I was going to bring that
1: up. <laughs> right. So, as as you mentioned, we we had a really great uh, uh, contract with 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 a, with a great business that gave us um, the opportunity to essentially land their messaging leading up to the World Cup. So it was. Um, All about activation, creating excitement, strategic positioning of what they were doing. Um, But a lot of it was happening in kind of outlying areas, not necessarily Joburg. So it was uh, the Northwest and and those kind of places. One of the conditions for that particular contract um, was that we partner with a local service provider. Um, And at the time, you know, we we had never gone into any of those kind of agreements. So the consortium that we needed to form was to eventually obviously, you know, translate the value that we were going to create, be it monetary or skill, Back into the community, which in principle I don't think anybody can fault or, or, or argue with. Um, so you know, we, we were young and we got this great contract. So we thought, you know, how bad can this be? So we signed up, and we got we got to working. Um, the challenge was the people that we were, you know, we were partnered up with to work with. Um, was kind of one of those entrepreneurs. Jimmy comes to Jo'burg, gets a nice qualification, goes back to the city. Now he sells toilet paper. He's a media mogul. He's a mining specialist. He's a, you know, one of those kind of entrepreneurs. There's always um, a pharmaceutical contract. Yeah, absolutely, supplying yeah. needles or something to exactly, a hospital. Always. Exactly. There's always something. In yeah. It. Garden <laughs> services, everything, whatever you want. He's yeah. that guy. So we we were coming in with quite a professional approach and our skill and what we are going to contribute, and here comes this character who. Just does everything, um, and he's known for that within within his context. But for us to get the work, we had to partner with. Um, with them because I wasn't quite black enough even at that time. Yeah, because you're Zambian, st- which and I st- mentioned it in the intro, but yeah. <laughs> you're, still, you're still a passport holder. I am still a passport He's holder. He's a passport holding yeah. Zambian. Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> but uh, but in South Africa, you couldn't be recognized fully for B points if you naturalized after 94. So I was black, but not quite. Mm. Um, so we partnered with, with with this outfit, and we started to do the work, and we delivered. I mean, our, 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 our end of the bargain was to make sure that things worked, and his end of the bargain was to manage the politics and the rest of it, which we did. Um, and come to the you know come to the the last week before we actually press play, um, client comes back to us and says, look, we want to do all these really amazing additional things, and we thought, you know what. We don't mind doing it um, because we want to deliver value. You know, there's always the stigma of black businesses dropping the ball last minute, can't deliver under pressure, or not blah, being big picture. Okay, exactly. Mm. So we we're like, you know, we're not gonna we're not gonna fall into that. We're gonna deliver and we're gonna over deliver, in fact. Um. So that our you know our, re- our reputation is intact, which which we did. So we were taking all these briefs telephonically from this client who was like, oh, we need this, and I was like, we'll do it. Or oh, we need this, and oh, we'll do it. So you're in the you're in the mix and you're just churning stuff out. Um. I think I can mention figures now. I think the contract initially, you know, we had about 3.5 million we had to deliver on. We eventually delivered about 6 million rands worth of value, right? Um, And the 6 million, additional 2.5 million wasn't part of the contract. Um, And because we had been going through the process and agreeing over the phone, yes, of course, yeah, yeah, we'll do it. She she turned around and she went, well, where did we agree to that? Um, And obviously this is after the fact and you've gone out you've done all the stuff.
0: What did you learn, Um, bro? Like, what's the, like, tw- <sighs> sure. two or three things, like, straight out of that situation, yeah. what yeah. did you learn that
1: you now used in your, in the roles that would come after that? I think the most obvious one is this pen to paper. I mean, a you know, gentleman's agreement in the context of working with a, business that's listed in big business doesn't actually hold water because they'll turn around and, and, you know, she turned around and it was her, but imagine she had left and someone else had come in as an example. Um, so, so, so pen to paper as far as the, the, the contract obligation, the deliverables, et cetera, et cetera. We thought by committing it to word and maybe sending an email and, you know, that kind of stuff, but eventually it, it wasn't sufficient. Uh, the second thing is understand the, understand the ecosystem of relationships. Um, so the client that we were servicing, I eventually then found out her relationship with the, the guy who was the member of the consortium. Um, you know, and they had some shenanigans on the side. Um, but I, you know, coming into the the, the, the equation, I, you know, I was completely unsighted to that. Um, and I didn't do my due diligence to understand who the characters were that we were dealing with. Once again, coming into it, wanting to live, wanting to move quickly, you make all these assumptions that everybody's in there to do the right thing. Um, so I think those are the two key, key things that I learned. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, as, as you mentioned, coming out of that, we tried to get our money back. Um, we, we spent 18 months fighting with them. Um, Did you get it back? Uh, no, we didn't. No. Um, eventually, the amount we're, we're racking up in lawyers' fees was almost double the amount we're claiming back. <laughs> so it was kind of one of those that you know, we're never going to win. Um, so it, we had to walk away from it. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, the, you know, the, the third lesson is that you need to, you need to be clear about you know, what your cutoff point is. Because, yes, we'd, we could have continued to try to fight it, and we could have. Um, but the amount of energy and time, let alone resources that I was taking away from other things, we were still a startup. You know, so I still had other things to do. I couldn't spend my time strategizing about what the best way to position this court case would be, and sitting with lawyers who were sitting in the same room as. You. So it, I just thought, you know, from an energy perspective, I need to draw the line somewhere, which I which I did, um, and unfortunately it left us in a in a really really deep hole. When you had it to co- close the business,
0: yeah, exactly. Do something different,
1: um, exactly. And 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 closing the business meant us I met being you the day, like we hooked, we met the day the week you did it. You actually were like, this is going to be over. Yeah. No. No. I mean, and and it was a, it, the it's reality crazy. was that we closed the business as a going concern um, but, because of my nature and my character, the debt I took on in my personal capacity, yeah, so because a lot of supplies I knew and a lot of people were doing you know favors and had delivered at last minute, I, I kind of took that on personally to say look you know, i don 't want to damage the relationship, so you know we we'll, we 'll make a plan over a period, and you know you, you sort it out, um, but uh, you know passing that on t- to the business and trying to continue to make it work in that form um, wasn 't actually going to work um, sure. so that was uh, that was unfortunate, but a huge learning at the same time. I think um, to this day, I think it was my first kind of major Finger I have Finger another burn.
0: confession to make, and this is not like a confession session, but it's not <laughs> something I haven't told you before. Is yeah. that um, I fully expected you to start something else, mm. which was an expectation I had of you because you were a mentor mm. in terms of like doing stuff I, you know, aspired to mm. and everything. I thought, no, he's gonna bounce back, um, and he's gonna start something new. Mm. Then you went corporate, bruh. Yes, <laughs> no. I'm like, no, but I'm ta- like, no. But take a step back, so homie. I'm, be- I'm like, homie, did what? <laughs> because I see this, because because uh, I mean, we're friends and stuff, but we're not in each other's lives all the time. Yeah. So it popped up like on LinkedIn or something. I'm like. Dude's
1: no. gonna do me like this? No, no, no. Wait, do so it. and
0: I'm thinking <laughs> if I feel like this, like what about the people he started out with? Who yeah, thought, yeah. We're in it together, bruh. No, you know. No. Next thing he's like, hit a digital at NetBank Group people. I'm like, nah.
1: No, but wait, nah. you you're, ju- you're jumping a very am important I jumping step. an important step? Yeah. So set me so, straight. Yeah. So after the Monat Fellas, uh, well, the timing was interesting. So I then went because I, I did a lot of work with with Tebe Kalafeng, who was a mentor and he, he runs the brand Legend. Legend. So we, sp- we spent a lot of time yeah. working at arm's length on lots of crazy projects like the Transnet rebrand, um, Un- University of Pretoria kind of stuff. So we had always worked kind of him there, me here. And he'd been courting me for a long time. He wanted me to come and work with him kind of full time. And I didn't want that. So around about the time I closed Munati Fellas, we actually almost did, you know, we retired the brand. And we took kind of as many resources and as many of our clients into the IHOP group. Which was a division of the brand leadership uh, stable, um, so that was the immediate which Tebe owns, of course. Correct. That okay. was the immediate step right after right after Monati Fellas, and that was an an eighteen month journey, and once again huge learnings there. Um, on paper, it was the perfect agreement. Um, you know, Tebe is. Stalwart brought Nike into Africa. You know that all like these brand Africa, things. guys. I um, mean, if
0: if any country is doing really well at branding themselves, yeah. chances are brand leadership yeah, is involved. Absolutely. Period. Yeah.
1: And then here's this young Thundercat, which is me trying to do new things. So it, it made sense. Yeah. Um, but we never really aligned on our vision as far as what I truly wanted to achieve mm-hmm. and what he truly wanted to achieve. So it was an eighteen month uh, journey. Was there a breakup? Like, was there like, home? yeah, like yeah. It was. Does the it, romance does it, had to come the, to the an end? romance ended, but it okay. ended on you know on the basis that I was no longer having fun anymore, right? Yeah. fellas was, was fun. You know, those young people were creating stuff, were acting foolish, which was like a train station. At the, it was just fun. Now know? there's
0: this guy, and he's got a strong vision. Absolutely. There's you with your vision. Absolutely. Not, it's not working.
1: Absolutely. So then when do you go, okay, let me go corporate? No. You see, now you just, you, can you just? Nah, bro. <laughs> I'm like, nah. <laughs> so, so the corporate thing was, I was courting Nedbank. So I was trying to pitch for business with them. funny enough so them and sab at the same time so when i was pitching for business with sab i was talking to Nedbank. we're trying to sell orm solutions in the early days of orm need to be online managing your reputation blah 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 um the guy who was working at 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 sab left sab as these things usually happen and then he incidentally went into a position at Nedbank. so i was i was having conversations on both sides and he then picked up the conversation at Nedbank, and i said to him dude I've been sitting here for th- almost three to four months pitching business to you guys. They don't get it. You guys are not going to make progress. You're not going to say, like, well, let me, give, me, give me a month. He took a month, you know, true to his word, and he came back to me and said, look, the reason why nothing has happened is that we actually have no capacity internally. We don't have a group digital team. We don't have this. We don't have that. So, yes, you'll be preaching to these guys, but they won't actually be able to implement. So then he made a throwaway statement. He was like, why don't you come and start the team? So I was like ah nah man <laughs> <laughs> you know when you've been an entrepreneur you're and like and bank ah, at the time let's be honest like that
0: thing. brand was so unappealing unappealing guys yeah. <laughs> and you know and no the, and the guys I have to be honest because yeah. that's saying a lot because 4 years of my life were dedicated to a show called It's My Biz yeah it was then the the biggest <laughs> Business advice show on African television. We topped out at something like six million viewers a a, year, a month, mm. uh, a, a week. Uh, I was talking to businesses all over the place. It was, incre- it was like a free MBA, meeting all the captains of industry. It grew the in, the, the Nedbank small business brand yeah. from nothing. Like there were nothing of nothings in in the run status of, <laughs> of, of. And I else. have to say this. I yeah. mean, ridiculous to yeah. market leading. Yeah. In, in so many respects, not in in no small part to that show and. Yeah to the digital efforts that came online in, in Musa's tenure. So to, I'm just trying to give you perspective because it almost sounds like, well, that sounds perfect. sounds perfect now, <laughs> you know, when net banks kind of found their feet and most banks really have teams of this
1: nature. This position didn't exist then. No, it didn't. And I think that was one of the things that was appealing because – You were one of them. You know, my, first, my first reaction was like, er, corporate. Not and what did thing. they call it? They said, okay, we'll call it – they didn't have a name, so he says. Uh, I said, "You to came m- up with a name." Yeah. yeah. So he said to me, "What are you just gonna do?" You. Oh, I said to him, "What am I gonna do?" He says, "I don't know." I said, "What am, you know? Who who's currently in that position?" He said, "I don't know." And those all those things were like really positive things for me because I thought, ah, that's that's a unique position to and be so in. So just to understand, are yeah. you in? Uh, uh, are you reporting to him? To who are you reporting to, to? him? I'm reporting to my. At the time, he was kind of a compatriot in, in in the market in space. the market. So I was reporting to him, yeah. Were you like an exco uh, uh, resource or not? It was no, still I was a in, I was reporting into exco. You're reporting into exco. Yeah. Okay. So 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 when I so when I had these conversations, then we were quite candid because I was like, you know, I'll, I'll give you my concerns. Like I don't mm-hmm. think I'm gonna fit. Um, I think you know my experience is gonna either kinda cause a complete mess or it's gonna frustrate me. Um, and then he said to me, look, there's nothing there that, that, that currently exists. so You're gonna build from scratch for the first time I was spending someone else's money so I was yeah. like I, <laughs> I can do this um, and they gave me any gave you me we're just making lunch. it rain yeah yeah I was oh, just bah, bah, bah. Um, so, but, but he gave me carte blanche and to this day I credit him Sidney Mbella, great leader because he created the environment that was right for me against a lot of people in the business saying don't hire this guy and Andy they're just hating on the, s- <laughs> in the sidelines <laughs> yeah. this yeah. homie sold out yeah no 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 it was, it was Auntie, a bit of a I fight. didn't know the story no it was a bit of a fight L- I mean I think Nedbank, the brand itself is risk averse yeah. so come this time, Undercat guy, who, you know, who people don't know, don't identify with. He's been in entrepreneurship. Who is he? the Like He's Zambian. Yeah, exactly. He's, what? What is he? Um, okay. So Sydney batted for me, and I, you know, I went into the position, you know, and uh, fortunately, and you knocked it out of the, the park. That. And
0: I'm not saying that lightly <laughs> because I really had sight on that. I also grew in my role, by the way, in that role. I hmm. was, I was reporting to an exco yeah. uh, member who was directly responsible for, for. Re- it was just, which is crazy because that was a setup to this business as well, where NetBank took everything they were spending on on um, infomercials yeah. and trusted the production company that brought me online to spend this by buying out early time, early you know prime time air time, mm. and making this show with the they thought was going to last one season. Then it just takes everything by storm, and yeah. then digital comes online. So there are a lot of firsts in that in that scenario, and yeah. there's something else that a lot of people don't know. <laughs> a little thing that you and Dominique Collet might have in common, or nearly had in common. Nearly had in common. <laughs> yeah, very so close. now, so for <laughs> some reason or whatever reason, NetBank yeah. just, like the fun there just starts to slow. And I kind
1: of know kind of yeah. why. Yeah, look, I mean, it's it's the it's the typical, I mean, I was not mature in a corporate context. So yeah. I did what entrepreneurs would do. And the come, timelines as well, come yeah. on. No, no, look, I mean, I, within nine months, my team was set up and I made myself redundant because that's what... That's what entrepreneurs do. You want to go in Good there. ones. Uh, yeah, well, the good okay. ones, yeah. Okay. But corporate culture is fundamentally about the opposite. It's, it's, it's you know, create a system that's Stick so reliant on you that you ensure your job doesn't go away. Stay you know? so around, Exactly. Brah. So, okay, yeah. so, I struggled. I mean, I got to nine months in and I thought, geez, what, what now? And I truly believe there was an opportunity for, a, at the time, for the taking for any forward-thinking bank that wanted to really become consumer-centric and adopt digital solutions to actually take the lead. So, I kept on prompting and we need to do this, we need to do that, and the reality at the time is the business just wasn't ready. So, you know, we had gone as far as we could have gone for that moment. And essentially the... You had grew it. Yeah. Well, I grew waiting around because they said, you know, chill. The business will catch up. And I was like, well, I'm not, I'm not in that movie, yeah. unfortunately. So you know, I went and, ending. Uh, yeah, I went and did my, 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 my masters. They paid for that. They bribed me to stick around, which I did. Um, I can't say bribe and bank in the same sentence. <laughs> yeah. you, you guys know can what some, I mean. You, <laughs> you can if you want to also say lawsuit. You know what I mean.
0: <laughs> <laughs> if you don't mind that, then okay. They coerced me. Let me put it that way. Um, <laughs> Even that's a bit. They convinced. There we go. They incentivized. incentivized. Um, We've got lawyers in the
1: building. <laughs> all right, cool. So I did that. I came back really fired up, really excited. Lots of great thinking exposed to businesses all over the world. Wanted to change their business. Came up with a great strategy around the mother that ate the child. And that's where the time thing came in. Yes. Um, did this my research. This is one of his
0: talks. Like, he does talks. Yeah. He's amazing. Book him. Yeah, but whatever. <laughs> Carry on.
1: Did my research, and that's where, that's where I discovered time. You also
0: inspired me to study further. At the okay. time, I, I, I signed up for an amazing MBA with a foreign, uh, really reputable institution that yeah. will remain unnamed for now <laughs> because I suddenly realized uh, – uh, the lesson I learned from watching you and going, hey, I need one of those yeah. is um, I applied what I talked about earlier, a copy and paste approach. Right. Um, I'm now really happily doing a master's in in digital interactive media. Fantastic. And that's what I meant I should have done when when I first got the urge to study further. And so, yeah, shout out to any of the kids out there who think they want to look at someone and just basically copy their career, you, you're not likely to be happy doing that. That's just, that's my <laughs> take on it. Yeah. And so anyway, so you are going to, so I see you do that. You do the MBA, yeah. you finish there, you do the MBA, you take their MBA, mm. their MBA, <laughs> <They're here. laughs> and you move along and you move, and you keep it moving. You saw and this it. is where, <laughs> I'm joking. Yeah, yeah. It, was yours. it was yours. You ended. Yeah. Now, then there's time mm. offering you a job. Yes. Unfortunately, which was going to be an amazing thing. So you yes. nearly became part of the, yes, the, founding the incredible team. founding team
1: yeah, was, that would later
0: sell for 40 million um, Australian dollars, <laughs> yeah. reputedly. That um, no, was a timing issue. So, no, let me finish. Mm. Uh, and then come back to South Africa and sell a 10% stake to to <laughs> African Rainbow Capital <laughs> and Patrice Motsebra. So you nearly that. became a part of that team. I would have never done that. <laughs> no. Just for the record. Okay, <laughs> you never saw. Yeah. So anyway,
1: you you and you only said no because... It was just a timing issue. Okay. It was a timing issue. I mean,
0: they... Many, many thanks to the homie Musa Kalenga for being such a great sport. I love how you can always count on Musa to tell it like it is. Now, I know we're totally leaving you hanging, but uh, not to worry. There's a lot more awesomeness still left to listen to in that conversation. And you'll find it in its entirety by heading to africantechroundup.com. Go ahead and click on the African Tech Conversations tab in the main menu and listen away. And so, listen, fam, I wouldn't want you to think for a second that I, you know, consider producing this show a burden, but I have to tell you that putting out 101 weekly episodes in a row has definitely taken its toll on me and the small team I am privileged to work with. Now, I'll be taking three weeks off starting next week to visit Southeast Asia in. Uh, What will be the very first proper vacation that my wife Tariso and I will have had since we got married just over three years ago. Uh, And so if you notice a little less chatter from me on social media as well as from uh, the African Tech Roundup social media accounts uh, on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Well, listen, your boy is just resting up to take on the rest of the year. There'll be fresh content for you to enjoy um, over the three weeks while I'm away. So do subscribe on iTunes or wherever else you are listening to this right now to get notified uh, when new content pops up. We'll pause on the newsletter for three weeks, though. Uh, but what I can promise you as well is uh, some pretty awesome content uh, that the team and I are plotting to produce upon my return. I'm tempted to tease you with some details, but just think new voices, um, great insights, uh a bit of travel planned, yeah. But I, I, I don't want to promise anything because um, it's all still sort of up in the air in many respects. But um, I share this in the spirit of hoping that you will stick with us, and we just want you to know that we love what you've helped us create so far. Uh, by way of a highly engaged listening community, and we'd love for you to keep that up. We definitely want to keep that going throughout 2017 and way into the future. So, yeah, if you have any thoughts, comments, uh, questions, if you have any ideas that you think uh, might add value to our show whatsoever, please do reach out to us via email. The email address is still hello at africantechroundup.com. But before I go, one last time, I'd like to thank the team behind the Afrobytes Tech Conference 2017 for sponsoring this episode of the African Tech Roundup. We truly can't wait to see you all in Paris come June 8th and 9th. Now, for more info on that conference and to register, once again, do head to afrobytes.com. That's afrobytes.com. Right, so that's it until the show returns to its regular format in the week following May Day. uh, That'll be uh, the week of Monday, May the 1st, 2017. In that week, we will drop a brand new episode, um, which you can definitely look forward to. But in the meantime, I'm Andy Lemassu. Thanks for listening, and do take care, Africa.